I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is Your Peak Daily for Tuesday, September 13th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Well, Jay, we've got another example here of the government kind of breaking down. So there are 163,000 international post-secondary students that, as of August 18th, were not able to get their study permits in time for the school year, Many meaning that many will have to now start late. So you are excited to come study in Canada. You put your application. You got accepted to the, the school of your choice. You put your application in to come live and study in Canada. And you couldn't, you couldn't, you can't get the permit. It's just another example of kind of this breakdown in government services from passports to SIN cards and now this. Jay, it must be rough for those students. It is, but to go back to a story that I think was the fact of the day a few weeks ago, there's not really that many places for students to live anyway. So it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, especially for international students right now. You, you know, Jay, if I'm 19 and you know, you have to choose between finding a place to live. We're going to McGill Frosh Week with no place to live. I'll sleep on the streets. I don't, you know, it was it's a blast. You don't want to miss Frosh Week. Now these, all these students miss Frosh Week. That's the worst part about this. Yeah, they're gonna have to wait a whole year to come back for Frosh Week next year. But when they do, they'll be one year older when they do it. That's the worst. You know, you never want it to be that. There are always people around that were always like a, a year older than you and had done like a victory lap in high school, and then I, it just wasn't a good feeling for them because they just felt like they were the the old wiser people of the group. Well, Brett, aside from reliving your glory days during Frosh Week, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For the record, that was not my experience, Jay. I went to the University of Toronto. Frosh Week was very tame, and I was commuting back home at the time. I wish. That's, those are my dreams if I could redo it again. Look, we've got, other than that, we've got three great stories for you. For our first story, there are way too many slaves in the world. We'll get into that. For our second story, bonds aren't as safe as, of an investment as they once were. And for our last story, our climate goals, they're just too ambiguous. For our first story, in 2021, 50 million people across the globe were in some form of modern slavery, including 28 million working under forced labor conditions. This, according to a new report from the UN, Brett, that is an alarming number. What's behind it? Yeah, so a sharp increase in extreme poverty, largely caused by the pandemic, drove vulnerable peoples into modern slavery to the point that there are now 10 million more slaves today than there were in 2016. Climate change and warfare were also contributing factors as they pushed vulnerable peoples into even greater uncertainty. Now, most people working in forced labor were in the services, manufacturing, construction, agriculture, and domestic work sectors. Over half of them lived in upper-middle or high-income countries. Now, in Canada, the government banned imports with forced labor in 2020, but since then, only one shipment, one shipment, Brett, has been detained on those grounds, and it was actually eventually released anyway. And that's an interesting contrast to the U.S., which enacted a similar ban as part of the Canada-U.S.-Mexico Trade Pact, but they've seized over 1,400 shipments over the 2021 fiscal year as a com for comparison. For more shipments to be caught, companies must take a bigger role in policing their supply chains. Four bills are currently before Parliament that would force companies to do just that. Now, the federally-backed Bill S-211 is most likely to pass. It requires companies to file annual reports detailing the steps they have taken to prevent forced labor in the production and distribution of goods. And if we zoom out a bit, it should go without saying that nobody wants a product that was made by enslaved people. But ceaseless demand for low-cost products ensures that it remains an indispensable part of the supply chain for many corporations, ranging from Nestle to Apple to Nike.
For our second story, if you're kicking yourself over a bad stock pick recently, we're going to tell you that even the safest investments are not doing so well this year. That's right. A key index tracking global bonds has dropped 16.8% since January. To the bond market, they're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to be kind of like the, the stable, steady investment that you put your money into. What's going on here? Well, volatile markets have created problems for anyone following a traditional and traditionally safe 60-40 investment strategy. That refers to the allocation between stocks and bonds, with the idea being if one goes down, the other will offset the losses. This according to Axios. Yeah, and a 60-40 strategy provides investors with exposure to capital gains, profits, and dividends offered by shares in the safe income stream of a government bond. What was once considered one of the safest, most reliable investment strategies is no match for the market conditions of 2022. In Canada, similar Canadian bond indices and the S&P and TSX Composite Index are currently down 12% and 6% respectively from the same time last year. It's just tough. It's tough out there. It's a tough go. The big picture is that traditional investment advice would suggest it's best to stay the course during turbulent times, but it remains to be seen if sound strategies, which have been tried and tested, will be a match for the latest conditions. I don't think it's that different now, but who are we to give investment advice to? Nobody, and that's a great disclaimer. (laughs) Thanks for making that. And for our last story, Climate Proof, a coalition led by the Insurance Bureau of Canada, published an open letter calling the federal government's new climate goals vague and distant. Now, let's get you caught up. In the coming weeks, the government is set to announce its national adaptation strategy with measures to prepare the country for the ramifications of climate change. Climate Proof believes the plan will likely focus too much on long-term goals while eschewing short-term solutions for the tolls climate change is already taking, like wildfires, floods, and heat. Now, BC's three worst wildfire seasons on record have happened over the past five years, while last summer's prairie drought was the worst in 50 years. Climate Proof provide a list of actionable items that urge the government to include as part of its adaptation plan, including making air conditioning a human right in the face of increased heat wave risks. I'm always cold with the AC on, Jay, but I understand the purpose behind this. Yes. Flood proofing at least 300,000 of the most flood prone homes by 2028. And education programs for at risk homeowners about wildfires and floods. Which is why this matters, Brett. With big members like the Red Cross and the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, Climate Proof might actually be able to get the time of day from the feds to lobby for these changes. Uh, But Jay, even if it does, it's unknown whether Canada would even be able to implement any of the recommendations. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Brett, have a good Tuesday. You too, Jay.